today I'm going to be talking with Rez, and I'm just sort of interested to see what it was sort of like for him as a newer pirate player, see what his perspective is sort of on those old pirate things like round tables, just see maybe if he thinks there's a sense of class identity, it just sort of contextualized the discussion of pirate that I sort of did with American in a more modern light, like, or at least from a more modern player who didn't have that past experience. Uh, you want to introduce yourself for a little bit? Uh, yeah, hey, uh, I'm Rez. I've been playing since, I think, Season 3 or Season 4 of RGL, so I'm definitely not a, not one of the old guard as far as uh, pyros or players go. Um, but, you know, I made an invite recently, um, so I think I have a pretty good, you know, idea of what it's like to have to move up, you know, uh, get up to the different divs and stuff like that. So, yeah, pretty excited to talk about it. Hmm, okay. And is invite something you're going into next season as well? Yeah, uh, hopefully. I think I think my team's gonna be in quals, but um, we'll see what happens. But yeah, mm, I see. That's pretty interesting to hear. Okay, okay. So, um, how do you get into TF2 on a casual level? Um, so really, it started with um, you know, I was just a casual player, and I was like, it always like the comp scene. It always like interested me. Like I kind of knew it existed, but never really knew what it was outside of like TF2 Center or anything like that. Um, it actually started because one of my friends that I met in a in a TF2 pub, um, he he made a competitive team like a few years later, um, and he needed me to, like ring at some point. I had no idea what I was doing, but I just showed up for like that scrim. I think it was Steel too, which was awesome. Um, and that's kind of how I was like, oh, this is this is pretty interesting. And then like eventually that team, you know, kind of formed into a different one. They were like, hey, you want to play Pyro? And then I was like, sure. So that's how that's how it kind of started. Um, I had no clue what I was doing for the first ninety percent of it. Um, but it was a lot of fun, and like that's kind of how I how I started out playing competitive. And what season would that be? Uh, that was season three of RGL. I, was, I think it was IM season. Ah, uh, so. yeah, intermediate train station. Yep, that was the that was the OG train station. <laughs> and um, was Pyre something you were playing on a casual level before that? Yeah, I think I think I like I, I had this like sort of idea of what like a main was, and I just decided that Pyro was gonna be my main because I, I was like, why not? It seems fun enough. I was good at WM one, so I was like, yeah, sure, it's awesome. Base. Um, yeah, and then once I got into once I got into the competitive, I kind of did the same thing for a while until I figured out, you know, you're not really supposed to do that. Um, so you know, if you talk to some of my teammates, they'll probably say I still do it, but um, yeah, Pyro was like always more or less my main. Um, really just enjoy the, the play style, I guess. Hmm. Okay. And what was it like for starting out in Compove? You said you like didn't really have an idea of what you were doing. Yeah, like when I when I first started out, like I think I got like a a, a quick briefing by somebody on my team before they like put me in my first scrim, which was like, hey, I'll, I'll protect the medic, and I was like, what? So, um, I think at some point somebody called the flank over to go deal with something, and I went with them because I assumed I was the flank for some reason, and that was kind of like the, <laughs> the the moment where everyone kind of realized, well, he has no idea what's going on. So um, at that point, I was like, all right, I, I guess I gotta sort of figure out what I need to do, and like. I did like demo reviews with my teammates and stuff, and had to figure out kind of more or less on my own how to how to play Pyro. Mm, I see. And was it sort of like jarring at all, sort of scary? Just like, did your teammates blame you for stuff that went wrong? For instance, with protecting the medic. I mean, not really. Like this was like IM, so not, many of us didn't really know what was happening, anyways. So, um, like I think like. I think my med blamed me a lot for dying, but like at this point, no one really knew what they were supposed to be doing, and it was kind of like all over the place. So um, I never really took any of that seriously. It, like it wasn't really a super like intimidating process, I guess. Like everyone was kind of more or less on the same same level. Hmm. I see. And would you say you've sort of like refined your play? You've learned to like play more seriously, like less feedy since then. 
God, I would hope so. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, like I would, I would say out of like the the more modern pyros, I definitely have a way more feedy play style. Like I'm definitely dying a lot more than I really should be. Um, that's still, you know, something I'll probably eternally be trying to work on. But um, mm. I definitely think I've I've gotten at least a little bit better since <laughs> since I am season three. So <laughs> right, right. And um, is it sort of something that you've consciously tried to make the effort to do so, though? Or is it just like you've sort of learned more subconsciously and you're just able to know better when you're going in? Yeah, I mean, I think like I figured out after like I died to the heavy for the like the 18th time, I'm like, maybe, you know, maybe I shouldn't probably walk into him when he's fully revved or whatever. Um, so like, usually that like, like at, at a certain point, I kind of like subconsciously realized maybe if I go in at this point, I'm just going to die and not do anything. So I've definitely fixed that like to a certain extent. And of course, like I got cut from like my later teams and stuff like that for for feeding way too much and just having generally just not playing the best pyro. Um, and that was kind of like I guess an awakening for me. Mm. Um, it was just like you got to kind of get your shit together if you want to you know get better at the game. Um, and that's kind of when I was like, all right, I should probably start taking this seriously. And, and yeah, that's that's kind of where the transition came in. Mm, okay. And when you first started out, Scorch Show was unbanned. Was that something you ended up partaking in at all? So Scorch Show was, was a very interesting era because it was kind of what, like, I didn't really notice it as far, like, in my earlier, you know, earlier days. But, like, later, especially, like, in, you know, like, an advanced and, I guess, to an extent, Challenger. I don't know if it was banned in Challenger or not, but... I believe right um, around then, yeah, like, maybe before that season. Yeah, like, that's when it was, like, really prevalent and, like... I have this weird, I don't know, I, I never I never ran it because, like, I figured, I kind of wanted, I, I've always had this, like, idea of, like, making myself different from, like, the rest of the pyros, and, like, running Scorch Shot, it seemed way too easy, so I ran, I ran Detonator before it was cool, um, so, <laughs> like, it was, like, it was very, and that was also because it let me, you know, jump into the enemy combo more often than die, but, um, it was definitely, like, more prevalent. I was I was glad when I heard it was banned because like I like yep. it, it just made it it very much like singled out what pyro secondary was going to be because like you couldn't really you couldn't really diversify to anything else like flare gun maybe if you're like just trying to like get raw damage out but like scorch shot was just absolutely the best secondary you could run and it made made pyro a very simple process of like very passive spam scorch shot and like that was it hmm. so, so i was i was glad to see it got banned because it, it diversified the the secondary options right so it's something you agree it was like kind of harmful as like from a developmental standpoint yeah 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 and like i still i still firmly believe like the best decision that the rgl staff ever made was banning was banning the scorch shot and the darwin sanger shield hey. together it only like, took forum threads great. like tons and tons it of them took, it only took a tons of ton of forum threads yeah so does for, everything good else, old forum so. warrior <laughs> okay okay so yeah, from the start, it's like you just kind of wanted to be different, you kind of wanted to be unique, and you did a lot of, like, detonator tech, yeah? Yeah, and, like, it was also because, like, I didn't really know. Like, I had, like, I think I got, like, one or two, like, demo reviews from, like, Hard-Ass Johnny, and, like, that was, like, the oldest pyro I knew at the time. Um, and, like, other than that, like, I was kind of just, like, figuring it out by myself, more or less, and, like, from other players that I would play against. Um, so, like, I would say I, I haven't really had, like, the... I guess I guess it might just be the standard of like figuring it out yourself, but like I didn't really have anyone to like specifically learn from, so I had like more or less figure out the playstyle myself. And if, yeah, and like yeah, it, it's kind of like Pyro's playstyles aren't very different from each other. Like it's very much the same thing, which is just sit around your medic and not do a whole lot. Um, but you know, I, I've had to figure it out myself, and like I didn't have a lot of older Pyros to learn from because I didn't know anybody, right? Like it was right. it was me just coming up with like the rest of the the Pyros that I knew, and a lot of them have quit by now. But um, yeah, it was just that kind of stuff. And is that something that ever sort of changed? Like, did you ever sort of start interacting with the older pyros? 
Yeah, to an extent. Like, I especially think, like, once I got to, like, Challenge or Advanced and I started playing against, you know, older Pyros, um, you know, people like American and, and them, like, I, I've, I've definitely, like, you know, figured out a lot more and, like, learn more or less, learn, learn a bit more of, like, specific Pyro stuff, but, um... That, I would say that, that that didn't really come until I was in the um, in the upper levels. I think once you're like you know main and below is kind of like whatever, like kind of it, it kind of just whatever flies. It's it's a hard right. time to get to know older players because most of them are are above main, right? But then there's like definitely a sense of community once you kind of got past that point within the class, yeah. Yeah, like at that point, like like I feel like I feel like most classes have this kind of thing where like they're all friends with each other. Like I know my medic is friends with all of the medics and the other teams, and they all they all talk about like medic and whatnot. Um, and I assume there's something like that on every class. Um, but yeah, so I, I I like to I like to think that you know I've I've made at least a little friends, a few friends in the in the pyro mm -hmm. community more or less, especially with older players. Uh, have you seen them sort of like collaborating recently, or do you think just like the roundtables are something that's sort of of the past right now? I think I think as of right now the roundtables are something of the past. Um, like I think I think of of everyone like you've been the one most you know um, most into like collaborating and like coming up with with new stuff. But I think like the roundtables on classes and stuff like that have um, have definitely gone by the wayside as of recently because a lot of those pyros that like did them have, have quit or moved on from the game. Right. Um, so yeah, not a whole lot now. Do you think there like there's like a certain niche for that? Like, do you think there's benefit to having those? Oh, absolutely! I think there's definitely a benefit to that. Like, if at if at the bare minimum, like I was doing, like I remember I watched, um, I watched. I think I think I watched Johnny's roundtable with like Mel and them, uh, back when I was in like ma like intermediate in Maine. And I was like, wow, that's that's really good. But of course, it was like five years old at this point. So, right. so it was it was a lot of you know it was a lot of like taking taking you know some of the stuff for granted. Like, of course, that was back before like the degrees or nerf or anything like that. So, and the air blast changes and whatnot. Um. So I think absolutely, like I think a roundtable is is definitely very beneficial, especially for lower lower tier players who don't have that, mm -hmm. those connections yet. Right. Do um, it's very helpful. Do you think it's the sort of thing that kind of helps get casual players interested in competitive as well? Like, was that something you ended up exploring before you moved to competitive at all? Yeah, actually, because um, like it was like I I didn't really like look into competitive play. Like I, I think I definitely heard of the roundtable before I started playing competitive, but it was more of like a niche thing. Like I didn't really know. Um, and like that just comes back to like not really knowing how competitive works at all. Like, um, and like the roundtables were like, okay, this is this, these are people who like know exactly what they're doing. Like they've they've known they've um, they've gone through like all these seasons and stuff, and they know what they know what Pyro is about and stuff. And like that was something I saw. I was like, huh, I kind of I kind of want to do that because like I, at this point, like I was I consider myself like a Pyro main, but this is like pubs. Like this is like whatever. Um, and like so knowing that, I thought it was really like something that I could I could increase my skill in, I guess, or something to work towards. So I think it definitely right. helps. Okay. And so your player play style has always been sort of out there. Is that something that you you usually get like judged a lot, like like when going against like other players or like on your own team or by enemy teams? Is oh, absolutely! <laughs> like it's it's my I'm not I will never call my playstyle good because it's like it's 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 not even like I wouldn't even call it a playstyle really. It's just regular pyro, but I walk into the enemy team a lot more. Um, and like I would say like thirty percent of the time I get a kill or like it works out. Um, so I would definitely say, like, I, people judge me for it, like, absolutely. Like, I've I watched, like, streams, and I'm like, what the, what the fuck is this pyro doing? I'm like, yeah, that's fair, because I don't know what I'm doing either. So, um, no, it, like, I think, I think I've definitely judged, like, I was cut from, like, um, from train, like, the OG train station, like, when, it, when they went advanced, they cut me for someone else, which, totally fair. I looked at my POVs back then, I was kind of terrible, but, um, <laughs> like, that, like, that kind of stuff is, like, I, I, I'm not, I'm not gonna play the victim here, because I'm absolutely the problem, but, 
it was, you know, it's just something that I've had to work with. Um, and like, I've, I've always been trying to fix that, you know, right. trying to get better. But at this point, I think I've more or less solidified it into not terrible idea. It's just not a great idea either. So, so besides the pyre round tables, were, th- were there any like real big, like inspirations on you in your earlier days as a player? Um, it's funny because like my, I would call my, it was mostly like, um, hard ass Johnny or like wispy, the, the pyroman that were, however, whatever his name is. Yeah. Wispy, the whispering pyre, I think it is. Yeah. Like I saw, I, I think I saw his videos on YouTube. Um, and like, I've, I like his, like his stuff with like flame mojo and like inherited momentum and stuff like that. Like that really was like, wait, I can use, like, I can use this in a competitive sense. And like, I think it was actually a combination of that. Um, and like Sketchek and Christian Ma, like those 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 like pub pyros with the extinguisher and like dunner mm. jumps and stuff like that. Like I've more or less made a combination of those two like theories on pyro, like one being like right, competitive right. playstyle, one being like the the super feeding, jumping into the enemy team, getting extinguisher kills and whatnot. Um, and I've kind of just taken those two and turned and and used those both in my play. Like that's how I like got pretty decent at dunner jumping and stuff like that. Um, so I would say like those two are really the the big inspirations. Alright, for sure, for sure, yeah. Is that um do you think you've been able to sort of like evolve on that as time has gone on? Do you feel like you've sort of mastered that more in the present day? Yeah, absolutely. Like when I was when I first started dentary jumping, like I had no clue that like holding a right click made you like go you could do like sideways, like get more lateral momentum and stuff like that. Um, so I'd absolutely say, like, I've adapted, and, like, I've, I've added my, you know, as, as, as big of an ego as it sounds, like, you know, I've added my own little stuff to it, right? Um, in sort of creating this weird play style. But, um, yeah, I mean, I've definitely added a lot to it, I think, but it's not, you know, anywhere near, there's definitely ways to go with it. Like, I, I need to, I need to, like, work on timing and stuff like that, but, yeah, absolutely. Hmm. Okay. Let's see. Yeah, it definitely makes sense, yeah. Um, is that something that's sort of been, like, especially different for you going into Invite at this point? Yeah, so, like, my, like Invite was always something, like, when I, when I first started playing, like, I saw Invite was, was the top. And, like, that's something that, like, once I was in, like, I realized I really enjoyed doing this. I was, like, I, I really wanted to, um, I really wanted to, like, get there. Like, Invite was always, like, this, this, this achievement for me. Um, and that kind of made me, like, I guess very mercenary as far as, like, getting on teams goes. Like, you can ask BBL, like, the team I'm playing for right now. Like, I've, I've, I've like, tried out for, for better teams while I was playing for them, like, multiple times. Absolute dick move. Like, not not something that, like, a friend would do. Um, but, like, that was just my mindset for trying to get into Invite, like, as quick as possible. Because, like, that's what I saw as, like, being the best and, like, being very good. Mm-hmm. And, like, a, okay. like a, a symbol of, of, you know, my my my, hard, my work, I guess. Yeah. Um, do you think that's something consistent you find throughout the competitive scene, just like that sort of mentality? No, not not at all. Actually, I, I think there's like maybe a few people that that are like that, but I think a lot of people just do friend teams. Like I know, like there's people who just like who don't want to go invite. Like in a lot of quals times, there's there's teams that don't want to go invite, so they're like not throw necessarily, but not really try really hard. No, they definitely they, throw. They, <laughs> <laughs> well, like I was on God of Blast, and that team was hard throwing quals, but um, yeah, but no, like like Name teams that, like, without don't. throwing. <laughs> true but like teams that are like um that like want to move up or don't want to move up and like would rather go like eight like eight no in in uh in advance than oh and seven and invite mm. um so yeah like it, it's it's i don't know I, i'm sure there's like multiple different different theories on on people wanting to be there but you right. know i think that's something i think that's something that i like as a newer player that's 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 something new that showed up like all the older players at this point like they've already like people from ugc like you just and everything they're, they're like um like they've already achieved it. Like they've already gotten to like you know 
like the top of UGC. They don't really care anymore. Like they'll play advanced. They'll play whatever. They just want to have fun for the game. Like the newer players, I think, really just want like a lot of a lot of them really want to get to invite. Like that's their goal. Like that's what they want to do and stuff. Um, and you'll see that you'll see that a lot in like Maine and and, and like um, oh yeah, because those are like the lower lower uh, areas where people are like I really want to get better and stuff like that. So hmm. right, right, okay. Uh, how do you think Ariel can sort of, like, help solve the issues they have with calls of teams just, like, throwing or just not taking it that seriously because they want to go down in a division? Yeah, I, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's kind of an unsolvable problem, right? Like, you need, you need like, eight har- or however many teams in invite. Like, you need this many teams in invite, and you, you can't force players that don't want to be there. Like, that's how the imposters got in last season. Like, no like no offense to anyone on the imposters, but, like, they were probably not supposed to be in it. Like, they're <laughs> better teams. Like, advanced teams are beating them. But, like, they were yep. the only ones who wanted to go invite as opposed to, like, the top three or four teams that have advanced. So it's 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 kind of an unsolvable solution where you don't have enough enough teams that want to go invite. Um, so, I, I, like, I think they're doing the best they can, like, with the, with the like, rules instituted on throwing and everything, um, and, like, being placed where you're supposed to be, but, like, sandbagging is going to be, like, an eternal issue, I think. Like, okay. it's, it's not really, unless, until, like, you get teams that, like, are really driven to, like, be the best and stuff, you're, you're going to have a hard time fixing that problem. Right. So, how did reaching invite, like, impact your interactions with the community? Was it the sort of thing where it's, like, other pyres, even if you sort of played the same way, or, like, other people magically just started treating you as, like, somebody more authoritative, kind of? I think I think people who knew me before I got to invite treated me more or less the same, um, which is to be expected. Like it's not like I became infinitely better when I went invite. Um, right. But like I, like the having the invite the invite thing in your profile like it, it gives you a certain I don't know it, it, to me it gives me an ego for like no reason I don't understand why it gives me an ego but um, but like with like newer players they'll, they'll see that like okay I guess he kind of knows what he's talking about um, even though I went zero and seven like you know you guys he kind of knows what he's talking about it says invite on his profile I'm sure it means <laughs> something um, but like. <laughs> Uh, yeah, people people who knew me before. Like, I think I think as far as like invite, I think pyro like as far as like needing like how you play pyro in a, at a high div, it kind of caps out around like high advanced. Like, I think I think in my opinion, like pyros between high invite and low invite are like more or less interchangeable because pyro on paper is a very simple class. You just need to like protect the mid and like didn't like deny shit. Like that's more or less what pyro is. Um, and yeah, there's extra stuff you can add, like, like pyros who are really good at, like, say, predicting the spy or predicting bombs or, like, denying ubers really well or being in ubers really well. But, like, that that's all secondary to the main facts of, like, you just need to be good at these three things. Um, so I think, like, around high advanced, low invite, people are kind of reaching, the like, the, the peak, like, the, the, the peak of pyro potential. Uh, like, and, like, at that point... You can kind of, and like, and since Pyro's not that difficult of a class to play, you can take someone who plays like Soldier or Heavy, and like, hey, can you play Pyro for my team? I kind of just need to Pyro uh, for my invite team. Like, yeah, sure. Like, if you know someone who's skilled at the game, they can play Pyro. Um, so, of course, like, that's something that I found, like, like when I, when I was trying to go invite, like, there were teams that would put up LFPs, and I would, like, apply for all of them. And, like, they would just, like, and it, it would end up they just put their buddy on because they know him, and he's, like, fine at Pyro, and that's all you really yeah. need. Um, cause like, it's not like demo or sniper where like, if they're, it's a real like test of who's better at this class. Like, cause Pyro is a very team centered class. If your team's not doing well, you're not going to do well. And like, it's not really a game changing kind of class. So, uh, that's something that I definitely noticed as far as like a skill level goes for, for Pyros. But, um, right. yeah. So you'd say it was mostly just like networking and not pissing people off. Oh, absolutely. That's that's all invite is, honestly. It's literally just networking, like and and not making like making the right yeah. friends and make like and not making the wrong enemies. So, um, that's yeah. kind of more or less what it is. 
So what are some of your sort of community concerns coming out with like a fresher pair of eyes? Like for as far as like the the community as a whole goes? Yeah, like the community as a whole, and then we can also talk more about like RGL in specific or like just the Highlander players, like maybe casually as a whole as well, just like however sort of approach you want to have. Yeah, I mean, like, the, the, the competitive community obviously doesn't have a great reputation with, like, the casual community, and the casual community is most of the TF2 community, like, in all honesty. Um, and that just, I think, I, I'm, I don't really know when that started exactly, but I think it comes down to more of TF2 not really being geared towards competitive. Like, it's very fun to play competitively, but it's objectively not designed to be, right? Um, so... Like that—that that just comes down to for, like people seeing us like as like elitist or, or whatever. Um, and like, yeah, that that'll come in any kind of game. Um, but like with the recent changes, like the, well, I say recent, but it's like been like five years, I guess. But like since competitive was instituted as like a as like a playlist, um, people have like had like a more negative view because they're like, oh, look at all this stuff. Like look at all this stuff the the competitive community has done to to our to our game right. for no reason. It doesn't even work. Um. So like I don't, I don't know what like that, that animosity like I I I, I kind of understand it as far as like the the differences go, um, and I like it's 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 again it's like a, it's like a hard problem to fix right it's just a completely right. different way people take the game like casual players don't don't really care like w like the balancing of weapons on all, all that much like they can't really it's like they take it casually they they don't really care what happens like the minute details whereas competitive players will like agonize over every single small thing which makes sense right because like that small thing can change how a game or a class is played um, entirely right? right so it's like yeah it's just kind of a difference in, in theory and it's it'll, it's kind of hard to to, to breach that subject honestly right. like it's very hard to find a solution so for it. what do you think of like the top of the game you said it is very like networky how do you think how do you feel about the people though i mean oh like by and large people are fine like like the the, the attitudes you'll get sometimes and like some like toxicity like that that, that all just kind of comes with seeing yourself as like the best player like like seeing yourself as like we like like when you're when you have like so many seasons in Nova, you can say, yeah, I'm a, like I'm one of the like better players. So that that comes with like the ego of being, well, I know more than everyone else does. So why should I, you know, listen to them at all? Um, and that 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 whole mentality kind of kind of results like inevitably results in like a, um, oh, I don't really care what these guys like what what anyone else really says. Hmm. Um, it ends up with like a bit of a toxic problem. Um, and do you think that ends up creating more of a divide between casual and competitive? Absolutely, yeah. Like I think, like the closest we'll ever get between casual and competitive is like the the newcomer and like IM players, like like the players that like know enough about the game to know how it's played competitively, but they're not to the point where they can say, "Yeah, I'm definitively better than everyone else because I play this because I play competitively." Because like you know, you're IM. Like it's not like the the peak of the peak of TF2, but um, yeah, like I would say, it definitely doesn't help. Hmm. Do you think the top of the game are like role modelly enough for a competitive to be in a healthy state, or do you think they're too kind of conflicted with their own self interests a lot of the time in the community? I think I think it's a lot of self interest. I mean, that just comes from this being like a like an, it, it, like by and large a self interested like like league, right? Like it's it's it like the the top players just play because they want to have fun, right? Like right. it's not once you've won first, like once you've gotten first and in invite like so many times. At this point, you're just playing for fun. Like you don't need any more like medals, or you don't need any more like reason to say you're better than everyone else. You just play for fun. So you don't really, I, I like. I, obviously, I'm not an invite player, like or not not a top player. So I can't say this for certain. But this is like the way I see it is like they can say, well, I mean, like you know, I don't I don't particularly care what happens like individually as long as I'm allowed to still play this game and have fun. Like you know, I don't, I can't say I have. A, they wouldn't say they have a huge you know 
like concern for the rest of the league. And um, but do you, do you think that's something that would need to change in order for competitive to reach a healthy state again, or for comp- casual and competitive to sort of come together and find a mutual ground? I mean, it just comes back to like like incentive to play, right? Like, I think right. I think absolutely. If you had like a different incentive than oh, I just want to have fun and and play the game. Um, you would definitely get different, like different opinions and stuff. Like you would definitely have people playing because they want to, like, help out the league and play to play to to make competitive right. more accessible and stuff like that. Well, what if the incentive was to sort of revitalize interest in the game and keep the game we all love and care about alive? I mean, absolutely. Like the, the the problem with that is, I think we all, to an extent, agree with that. Like everyone, everyone would support that. But as far as like getting people to actively support it, like people who would like go out of their way to do stuff for that, it's like too vi- Like I wouldn't say too vague, but like too immaterial. Like people won't see that and go, "That's a reason for me to play." Like they'll see that as like, "Yeah, I I agree. I agree with that. That's something I'll do." Like it's it's the same thing as like agreeing with a political party but not voting for it because you don't you don't you just you just can't find the time to go vote for it or something like that um hmm, I so i i i agree that's like that's a really that's a really good reason to do it but it's not I, I don't think it would motivate enough people to 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 fix the fix the game so what can we do then as a community as the players of it i mean like i think weirdly enough i think like if you if you had some sort of prize pool or something like that like like a reason to play invite other than just for playing invite because that's that's kind of what it is right like the prize pools are are minuscule and like not that's not why anyone plays the invite um so like i think like if you had like a reasonable prize pool that would make people want to like get to the next level like this is a very roundabout way but like if you if you made if you made like a like a prize for winning invite or like getting second or third like being in playoffs like if you made that and you made it desirable for people that would mean more people would want to play invite meaning more people would want to be moving up like getting up like up to the divs um, you wouldn't have problems with people throwing quals anymore, um, and you wouldn't have like a stagnant kind of invite because invite's more or less been like the same six or so teams, with the exception mm. of like a move up right. team every time. Um, and like that would lead to more like in like price pools would allow for like more um, like you know more advertisement, more people would want, like tune in to watch because there's stakes that like right. there's, there's actual stakes for it. So, what do you say the the top of the competitive scene is very important to the bottom as well. Like it sort of helps define it. It sort of sets the precedent going downwards. Like, would you go? Would you take a top to down like approach? Well, yeah, like like uh, what trickle down, trickle down balance or whatever. Um, I honestly, I honestly would because like at that point, it it, it shows people like a lot of like a lot of the teams will will adapt to whatever invites you're using, right? Like lower teams will see a strat used by an invite team, like say tunnel hold on Swiftwater. Like they'll say, oh, we, that looks that's like that's like an interesting hold, and they'll try it in their scrims, and that that leads to like a difference in the in the play style in lower divs. Um, and obviously, lower divs have a lot of chaos because no one is right. fully can like. Like they don't have the years and like understand exactly what's going on in the game, but like that leads to you know innovation and stuff. Um, but like, if you if you balance around the top of the community and like added like prize pools and reasons for, like motivation for people to move up through the divs and stuff like that, that would absolutely I think change um, change a lot of what lower of the lower mm-hmm. and like it would and it comes back to like that would just be more exposure, right? Like more people right. would tune into the streams, more people would watch the YouTube channel, like more people would would want to play competitive, and that would increase like that. And I think. If more people wanted to play competitive and saw it as something like they want to do, there would be less animosity towards it. Because right. a lot of a lot of the casual community is just like, I, I don't want to fucking do competitive. Like it's just it ruins the spirit of the game or whatever. Um, and like that's that's fully reasonable of them, but like they've never tried it. And like I think if you got someone into a team with like six or nine people and like that's what they want and they were working towards something they wanted to do in like a game that they that we all love, right? 
then I think that would absolutely absolutely do some do some stuff for the right. communities. Okay. And do you think just like having a healthy competitive, like having a healthy top of the game, helps out the bottom and in, uh, in comparison as well? Like, do you think just having a healthy competitive helps casual develop as well? Yeah, absolutely. Like, I think if if you if you have like the top of invite more like the top like just invite if you have invite more closely monitored and like more and people took it seriously and stuff like that, then the lower divs would say uh, like then like the admins and mods of lower divs would take it more seriously. No, no. the players would take it more seriously. And stuff I, like that. I meant like on, on a casual level though. Do you think? on a ca- on a casual level? Um, do you think? Yeah, I, I think I, I think yeah, because that's that's actually a really good question because you don't actually know, right? Like if. Right. If an invite was taken super seriously, because like they can't they can't tell the difference between a team trolling and a team taking it seriously. Like, and when a team is like doing some dumb shit, like repushing back on the first on upward or something like that, like a, a casual player will see that and go, I don't I don't know if that's part of the game or not. Like they can't tell. Hmm. Um, do you think on principle, just having the top of the game care about it more and sort of take more community initiatives, try and be more proactive in the community, do you think that would sort of trickle back down and help out uh, in a casual sense as well? Yeah, I think so. I think it would take a lot of cooperation. Like, I think I think I you agree. would need a lot of a lot of the upper, like a lot of invite to do it. Like, there's obviously there's, there's several invite players that do that already, um, but it's just like the difference of like volume, I guess, right? Like, it's 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 kind of hard to get right. that to get that down to the to the to the lower players. So, do you think that would be something that would sort of benefit from like content creators coming together, like casual and competitive content creators doing collaborations, sorts of like working on video series together? Do you think that would help bridge the gaps for their audiences a bit? Oh definitely, yeah. Like I think I think one of the big issues with, with competitive is just like lack of uh lack of visibility. Like no one really like casual players don't really know what's going on with it, right? Um so I think if you definitely had some content creators from casual and competitive sides get together and do something that would absolutely do a lot for, for like both the competitive community and like the TFT community as a, as a whole. Mm-hmm. Right. And do you think that's something we sort of lack on in the present day, like those sorts of community events and cups compared to the past? Like, for instance, pros versus uh, community, so on and so forth, like those sorts of things, those sorts of events that you would see on YouTube? Yeah, absolutely. Like I remember, I remember seeing those back in like, what was it, like 20, 2017 or something like that? <laughs> like, like way back. Um and like those things were always like super like because I, I didn't even know there was a competitive version like a competitive way to play TF2 until like I saw stuff like that. Right. Um. So like absolutely, I think that would definitely help. So it's like the issue we're sort of seeing is that like a lot of people do care, but then it's like we don't actually want to make like other people care kind of as well. Like we don't really come together on it. Yeah, like it's 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 the same thing as like anything else. Like it's really hard to just get people involved and people invested enough to want to do it themselves. Um, right. We don't right. have that like that mobility, I guess. Okay. So, let's see. Do you have any experiences with just like pug groups at all? Yeah, um, I've been doing I've been doing a lot of pugging, and like mostly, like if you ask most players why they pug, like a lot of them will say it's like for fun. But like if you ask like lower div players, they'll either say it's for fun or they'll say like for connections, right? Like. I did I did pugs like Senate pugs and stuff like that because a lot of invite player invite players are playing pugs, um, and a lot of them and like pugs are really good way to just play with them and you know like get to know them. Like I know I know a lot of people were picked up because of like the skill they showed in pugs, um, and like obviously it's really hard to do that if you're not at that level. Like if you're like because those those pugs like while they're like they're still pickup games, they're still like invite players playing those games. So it's really hard to like go in as like say a main player and perform well enough to be like on the radar of like an invite player like and like pugs are by and large like just for fun more or less like there's a lot of meme stuff going on no one really takes it super seriously um 
and so it's 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 a double edged sword, right? Like you you can go in and you can get noticed, and you can get like you can make the connections, make the networking, make friends with the invite players, so that when you eventually do become that skilled, you can go in and say, "Hey, I'm looking for a team," and like your friend would be like, "Hey, I need a pyro. Yeah, I'll be, I'll pick you up." Um, but like of course you can go in as like a main player, and like it's 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 really it's really difficult, like honestly. Um, but yeah, like like pugs are pugs are just a very interesting interesting like dynamic, I think, between like. People, people who are doing it for fun and stuff, and like, there are a few people like trying to to network and whatnot. Right. Do you think they're an important tool for the community? Like, maybe they could be helped to bridge the gap between casual and competitive as well. Like with RGL yeah, plugs. No, RGL. I think RGL plugs was a great idea. I, right. I don't actually exactly know what happened with them because I never really I never really paid attention to it. But I think it's a great idea for for trying to get people more into competitive and showing them like what it's mm. actually like. Um, oh. Okay. Do you think pickup games as a tool, like as a whole, are sort of misused as a tool usually? Like, do you think people just like intentionally kind of like sabotage them out of their own self-interest? I think I, I think it entirely depends on the tone you set, right? Like most most pugs, like most of the pug groups I'm in nowadays are like they're entirely just for people people to have fun. Like they're not organized to you know like scout players or anything like that because a lot of them it's just it's just invite and like high advanced players just just messing around playing different classes, um, and. I wouldn't say it's misused exactly, but I definitely think there's there's room for them to be oh, no. used in like a more of a more of a different manner. I meant the people who just sort of like come in to just like kind of troll, circle, jerk it up, stuff like oh, that. Oh yeah, well that well those guys yeah well like that's that's like that's that's just stupid. Like that's that's against what the pug is. Like the pug is it's it's a game. Like it's it's a pickup game. It's you're you're playing competitive TF2, but in a way that you like couldn't get away with normally and like people who like just come in just to screw around and, and screw it up is it, it, it's kind of like i want to call it like it's kind of what the what the rest of the people think about it right like if, every, if everyone is doesn't really care and is having fun with what they're doing then yeah it's fine but it like it's very clear that the rest of the pug doesn't like want that happening and, and stuff like that then then you're just being a dick at that point so um what do you say so. what do you say this like that sort of sentiment along with just like the whole community caring thing is just sort of something that ends up being a bit of a self-fulfilling prophecy like you start trolling or you stop caring and because you do it's like other people do that as well yeah no absolutely it's like it's like the group think mindset right like you just don't right. want to do anything that would go against what you assume the group thinks um so, so. What, what can we do to sort of deviate from that and sort of become more individualized to do our parts for the community again that's that is a that is a tough question because like that, that that comes with just being it being in a video game right like none of us are in the same room with each other the internet provides us a layer of anonymity and makes us more you know more uh more susceptible to just being stupid and like because you can like look at look at my fucking brother like sandwich king he doesn't care at all what people think of him at all <laughs> the RGL like, villain the RGL he's an idiot all of the time for no reason and he like and he he just thinks it's super fun and like people people think it's really funny and like you know like more power to him and like but that's just like that's just like the difference of of like ideas of how of how like how you, how do, how they approach the uh, the community like I, I approach it as like you know this is like it's like a people it's like a group of friends right like we're all we're all here for like you know play video games and just have fun um and he approaches it as like I just want to mess around and, and make friends and you know that's that's more power to him you know. So it's it's just like it's very difficult to do with with the layer of anonymity you get from from being online and stuff like that to to motivate people to do anything in kind of a group sense. Hmm, I see. And do you have much experience with just sort of like discords how they're sort of used as a chat? Do you think most of those interactions end up being like meaningful, or do you think it just ends up being like a lot of pointless interaction that doesn't really help things at all? 
I mean, I think I think definitely it's meaningful. Like it, again, it, it comes down to like your your personal ideas, right? Like if you're yeah. if you're someone who has a very stable like outside like IRL life, like someone who's like got a ton of friends, you know, got a job, like doing everything normal, and just you just do this as a side thing. Like I don't think they're that's that meaningful. I think I, I think mm-hmm. it's still really nice, but like you don't take it as like your entire social life right. or anything. Whereas if you have someone who you know like doesn't have a lot of like doesn't have a super stable IRL life, like people who don't have a ton of friends in in real life, they'll take that as like discords, like you know they're 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 of a social life, right? Like, so I think right. that has a ton of, you know, then that, and then in that case, you have a, you get a ton of meaningfulness from, um, from all those like interactions and stuff. Um, so I think Discord, it's it's I think it's a great tool. Like everything, it's it's a tool, right? It depends on how you how you right. use it. Do you think it's something you end up seeing misused at all? Though, like, let's say in like larger discords, like league discords, do you think it's just like something that people actively try and use to sort of bother other people? I mean that 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 like a league discord like a huge discord is more or less emblematic exactly of what like the anonymity is like that's a that's not only like you being on the internet that's you being in a huge crowd of people on the internet like that's the the perfect position to be in to just not care and like do whatever you want hmm. um so like that I think those are those are not I would say emblematic of like of like meaningful interactions you can get from right. from people in the league and stuff like that and online do you think that ends up being a negative sort of experience though just like looking at those more public league discords or something like the rgl meme discord and seeing how people interact in there like do you think it's the sort of thing that does genuine damage and that burns people out i think it, I think it absolutely can do that um but like, it comes down to the old like you know people like cyberbullying thing which is just like you just leave the discord or something like that right like make your own make your own discord with with those with those with the smaller group of people that you actually like genuinely enjoy talking to um like it's just like an it's an unsolvable problem, right? With with the with those right. huge like okay. circles or discords. What if it's the sort of thing where it's like people target you in there, even if you're like sort of thing though. It's just like they use that to sort of just stir up drama like that. Yeah, like 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 that shit. That is what that is what will kill a community, right? Like the, those right. those kind of people who will, who would do that kind of stuff is just. So what what yeah. can we do about that though? It's again. It's kind of unsolvable. Like people can infinitely create alt accounts. Like people can infinitely like it, it's it's until people get bored, they're not going to stop doing it, right? Um, and like it, it's it's it just comes with the territory, right? Of being on the internet, being like like more or less anonymous. Um, and you know it. I don't think as that's that's that like what can we do about it is more of a question for like humanity as a whole as opposed to like specific just like community stuff because that's get philosophical. That's, we're getting philosophical on the on the on the Blizz Tank podcast, um, but yeah, no, it's it, it's it's something that's hard hard to solve. Hmm. What do you say? It's just sort of important to try and take a step back and refocus on yourself as an individual and see how like your actions are sort of affecting other people, even if anonymous. What do you say that yeah, could be the solution? I mean, I mean, it, it could definitely, it could definitely be a solution. But getting someone to do that when they're like deep into like screwing with someone at this point is very hard to do. Like right, you can't. Right. That, that, that you you like if you're the person being screwed with, it's a very, you're in a very difficult situation to make them do anything. Um, and like having a third party involved is not going to really do much, honestly. Right. Unless so like, like unless the person already respects that third party or something like that, they'll actually listen to. Them. Then you're not going to be able to right. do anything. So it's like not something the league can do. It's like something we as people need to like try and tackle. If, if yeah, like our like like RGL bans, like if it, it, like RGL bans as as a concept are fine. Like you don't want bad players in the mix, but like so much of RGL at this point is like now located in like pug groups and private discords and stuff like that. That like it, it it's not as impactful 
And I think that's right. that's less that's less of a league thing and more of like just a general community thing, like right. people of competitive players. Do you think that's something that's like sort of hard to deal with these days, like with all the prominence of these Discord, like of Discord? Like, do you think that was something that was maybe easier in the past to just sort of get those influences out of the community or make them less influential with a ban? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Like that 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 just comes down to like the community being smaller, right? Like if the right, less people right. there are, the it's easier to to remove them from from like an RGL ban back in the day, like when RGL like was you know taken seriously, but still not that big. Um, was like you know that was that was serious like that you know like that was like all right you're done like you can't do anything but like nowadays like so many band players are still pugging and stuff like that that is it's not really that impactful to them because they're just there to, to have fun like on the internet like that, that includes like playing competitive tf2 and also just fucking with people and like if you're rgl band you just play pugs instead so you know it, it's 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 you know it's it's a mess more or less but it's just hard hard to do how do you feel about that in pug groups so like people sort of get banned for like not for like out games or stuff like how they interact socially with other people in RGL. Do you think that's something they should be kept out of community groups like pug groups for? I mean, when it comes to pug groups, like that's not a league thing, right? Like that's entirely up to right. people who. But lead, like, if the community the is trying to care, like if you want to get those negative influences out of the community, do you think if the, that's community, if the community is like dedicated to doing this, then I assume at that point, like they'll just stop playing the pugs with people, like with those people in them, but. Hmm. Yeah, but, it's it's hard to do. Do you think it's worth trying to like sort of match that though? Is the question? You mean like as far as like the the out of game like bans that aren't for something like cheating? Do you think that's something worth trying to mirroring for the sake of the community? If it's just if like the ban is justified in pug groups, I mean absolutely. Yeah. But it, it, of course, it, it, once again, it just comes back to the pug. Like if the if the if the pug runner or like the guy who's in front of the and 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 like the leader of the Discord is like, yeah, but he's still my friend though. You know, he's not getting banned. Like. Then, then, yeah. then, like at that point, that just comes down to people. Like, if you want that to really stop, you just need to people to stop playing those pugs. And you know, again, that's a really hard to motivate anyone to do on a on a large scale basis because right. it would require everyone to be super dedicated to that ideal and stuff like that. Okay. So, how do you feel about this sort of culture around bands right now? Where it's like everybody just like like all their pers all that person's friends just like try and like get that person unbanned, especially if it's in like a community group. Do you think? I mean, like, I think I think that's a that's a inevitable backlash of banning someone um right like no one's like like the only, the only people who've been unbanned have been unbanned for like you know reasonable like they've been unbanned for good reasons how do you feel um, about that sort of cultural movement though do you think that's something that ends up like hurting uh community groups at all when people get unreasonable over it i mean sure but like eventually those people get bored of it right like like mm. they're even if they're like the best friends with the guy and he's banned they'll like crusade to have him on ban for like maybe a couple weeks um like a couple months if they're like really dedicated because at that point it just turns into a meme right like after a right. few weeks it's like they're not actually trying to do it they're just doing it because it's something to do um so like at that point like you know whatever like no one really no one really gives them that much pays that much mind like after the first week or so um and at that point like i don't i wouldn't say it's particularly harmful to a community at all unless like they're specifically like bullying people about it but you know it, it's mm. it's just an inevitable inevitable but backlash do you think maybe you could you could see it having an impact on the people who actually have to deal with all of that who have to administrate through that absolutely yeah but i like as as callous as it sounds it's kind of like you know when you're when that's kind of what you sign up for right like when you're when oh, you're yeah, in sure. You know, you're moderating. You're moderating the internet essentially, or trying to. And like, you, yeah, you could ban them. Like, you'll you'll get some shit for it, which everyone does. If you do, if you make a big decision like that, you're gonna get some shit for it. Um, and you know, it's it's just that's the internet. 
Like you, as uh, you just can't do much about it. You just gotta live with like ignore it and wait till it to go away. Cause, right. like, people just get like, bored very easily on the internet. So. And just like try to find a support system. Yeah, so it doesn't overwhelm you. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's definitely reasonable. Uh, okay, I think that's a pretty good coverage of that topic. Yeah, that sort of community sentiment. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, do you have any experiences with mentoring or being mentored? Yeah. Um. Like I said, I was like I was I guess sort of mentored by by Hardass Johnny. Like I got some demo reviews from him, and he kind of like taught me like you know what what a pyro is supposed to be doing like at any given moment like you know like if your med like if you just killed their med you're watching for sex you're watching for spy like if yeah. the ubers have just been pops you're watching for spy behind and stuff like that was that like foundational to you as a pyro player absolutely like absolutely like he, he he like those i think like two or three demo reviews it turned me from like an idiot with a flamethrower into like someone who actually kind of knew what they were doing as far as like in any part of the game went and like spy time and stuff like that like he taught me that um and i would say that was you know fairly influential like that 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 more or less like made me it set the basis for what i could like get work on right before that i was just like flailing around and trying to find random stuff that worked um but but that like bare minimum of what a pyro should be doing like like set the basis for me to get better at those specific things and and let me get better into the the league and stuff like that Hmm. okay and then did you uh have you had any interesting experiences with mentoring other people yeah, I, I've I've tried like I've I've made some mentoring posts in the Discord and stuff, and I've mentored I think like five or six different people, and like mentoring on Pyro is is quite easy, I would say. Like it's it's really just the same shit that I was mentored on, right? Like it's like you need to understand what exactly Pyro does, which is like you know when you should be spy checking, when you should be watching for bombs, and like when you should be calling spy time. Um, and like when you should be denying Ubers and when you should be playing your life or when you shouldn't care. And like those like those like small things more or less. And like usually I'm mentoring like main level people or like I am ish. And like usually I don't have to instill those basics in them. Because at this point they've already more or less figured out whether it be from other mentors or from their teammates or stuff like that. Um, and at that point I'm more more or less just like fine tuning it. Like you should be spy checking right now, like you should be doing that more, you should be doing it less, you don't have to worry about looking behind right now, you should not be looking forward right now and stuff like that. Um, and that usually only takes like one or two demo reviews, and then they kinda got it down because it's really quite simple as far as like a class basis goes. Um so absolutely. Like I think I think if I if I had more experience with like like newcomer players who have no clue how to play the class, it would be a lot more involved and a lot more like like here's how you should do this. Here's how this just works, and like here's how the map goes and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, and like my experience has just more been fine tuning stuff. That's fair. And is there ever something you've really like collaborated with other pirates on? Not particularly. Like like I said, it's a, it's a fairly simple on paper. It's a fairly simple uh, class. Like in practice, it's also still more simple than like other classes. Um, <laughs> but you know. Um, so I wouldn't say I really had, ever had to collaborate. Like I, w- I never had to, like take a player to someone else. Like, what the fuck is wrong with this guy? I don't understand oh, no. what he's doing. This. I meant like out of, like- <laughs> I'm at out of game, just talking like experienced pirate, experienced pirate, and just sort of going through like different parts of the pirate class, just sort of collaborative discussions. Like let's say uh, a Discord where it's just like you talk about sort of mentorly things together, but then yeah, not like, necessarily I- a roundtable. Yeah, like I think I had that with like um, Wispy's Discord server. Like I think back in back when I joined it, it was still you know fairly solid. Like it's it's I think it I, it's kind of it's kind of dead now. Like not a whole lot of conversations going that are really pirate specific. Uh, but like back in the day, like that's when I was like, 
you know, there are people like discussing like it was back when Obliv was still on band and still played and like River was still around. Um and like they were like in him and the, those those two and like Johnny would be discussing like pyro stuff. Mm, right. And like I learned I learned some stuff from that too, definitely. But like this was back when I wasn't like in any sort of right. position of authority on pyro topics. Do you so. think that was like something beneficial to have as a resource back then though? I mean absolutely like, I I'm sure if you looked at my messages reading that so were, like you'd find like stuff back from like two or three years uh, ago. I where can't because I, like, I got banned by snoodles. <laughs> that stuff yeah snoodles okay yes snoodles was a person but um yeah like yeah, carry you on. Know, <laughs> um it was uh yeah like like i went back like two or three years ago and like i've asked like random questions like like well how do i like how what's what's the most optimal form of spy checking like is it worth it in the in the in denying an uber to like knock the medic away and disconnect them from the demo or like try it or even trying to do that um and stuff like that and, like very specific stuff like that was a great resource for me um but unfortunately, like, you know, it's it's kind of, like, gone downhill. Like, at this point, I kind of got all I needed out of, out of the server, so... Hmm. Um, and there's not a lot of that's people fair. in there, like, really asking Pyro-specific questions, but... Yeah. Do you think that's something that would be sort of, like, beneficial to try and revitalize, to just have that sort of community for the class? I mean, absolutely, if there's, like, any kind of demand for it. Like, I've, I haven't seen a lot of, like, newer Pyros really being in need right, of that. Right. Like, Pyro at this point is fairly well understood as far as, like, the community goes. And they think... can pretty much just, like, get their buddy, like, hey, alright, I need you to sit here, like, spy check, and then, like, air blast with the rockets. And, like, that's Right. It. Do you think specifically, like, for the more casual side of things, though, there would be benefit? For the more casual side, absolutely. But, like, again, it's, like, I don't know if, like, the casual players are really that dedicated to, like, getting right. to know and getting better at a specific class because they really want to. Because, like, it's casual, right? Like, it doesn't really matter. Like, yeah, it's like any, at that point, it's like any other video game, right? Like, you just do it until you're good at it, but... Okay. Uh, let's see. Mentoring out of the way plug. Uh, do you have any interesting experiences with like the RGL staff? Is there anything you think they do particularly well or poorly at? So like the staff, I think all all in all, like do do a fairly good job. Like as far as as you can expect from people who aren't being paid to do this and do this like entirely voluntarily. Like I will, I I don't really care what they do as long as like. You don't like you don't hear about them when they're doing good, right? You only ever hear about RGL staff when they've done something stupid, um, and usually like that's fixed pretty quickly. Or if it, or if it's not fixed, it's not that big of a deal. Do you think that's something we see with the community as a whole? Like the good never really gets talked about, and it's like we only focus on the bad, which maybe brings the community as a whole down. Yeah, but it's like a psychology thing, right? Like everyone yeah. everyone knows like bad news travels around the world before like good news can get shoes on, so, right? Like. What do you think we could do to sort of help spread that sense of positivity and get people behind things with good news, though? I mean, it's like, it's it's again, it's hard to do, right? Like, it's it's the same thing as like a, being a moderator for literally anything else, like a Reddit mod or a Discord mod. Like, those all have Yo, super negative connotations on them, Discord right? Discord mods. <laughs> like, those all have super negative connotations around them, right? Um, and that just comes with having to police like internet idiots the whole time. Like, you're you're gonna get some shit for it. Um, and like your, your good decisions are mostly going to go unrewarded. Um, and like, you're not being compensated, you're not being paid to do this. Like it's, it's just like, it's, it's, it's what happens. And it's hard to, it's hard to like, like, well, like as far as like good news goes, like we're going to be like, Hey, look at this guy. He banned, he banned a cheater. Let's, let's, let's get some good news for him. But of course, like the cheaters, buddies and be like, ah, he wasn't cheating. What the hell? And then like, it ends up in a, in a whole like cluster fucking of random shit. So, um, you know, it, it's, it's, it's kind of, it's, it's kind of difficult to do. And like, as far I think I think as far as like by and large the RGO mods have done a great job, right? Mm. Like they've banned a few like they've made a few incorrect decisions like banning the wrong people, like getting rid of the wrong stuff, keeping in the wrong stuff. But like by and large, compared to what could have gone wrong, I'll I'll take it, right? right. Um, okay. 
It's like one thing, but like like the specific interaction that particularly annoys me is like I've had a, I've had like two or three seasons at this point where like we have been like my team has been uh value like my team is consistently beating another team in scrims, right? Like, consistently 3-0s. Like, it's more or less a roll at this point. Like, look at the Inquisition team, right? Like, that team did not belong in Invite. But because of, like, the name recognition and, like, the strength... Like, because, like, like, RGL Mod, they don't look at scrims. They look at name history... Like, they look at names. They look at their, their history and divisions and, like, decide from there. Um, and they don't take in, like, into... into um, consideration like how those teams are performing together like how they don't look at scrims like i think the thing they don't look at scrims yeah it'd be a terrible thing to have to do to look at the scrims for teams when you're trying to decide whether to put them in quals or not or like put them in, in whatever division but like it, it, i've been like two or three seasons where my team's been put into a lower div when we consistently are beating two or three of the teams in the div above us just because none of us have the name recognition <laughs> um and that comes down to like being me as a person where like i really wanted to go invite like that was just like really frustrating to deal with like because i don't have the invite um i don't have i don't have that that thing on my profile that says i was invite means like well yeah, i guess you're not invite then you're, you're gonna so, stay in advance for now do you think that's important for the state of the game or like with competitive or do you think that's a self-interest thing for you I mean, it almost, it's almost definitely a self-interest thing. Like, it's 100% a self-interest thing. But I think, like, it would it would motivate players who, like, would just, would not be placed an in invite based solely on their name. Like, if they had to, like, look at, like, if they had to perform in scrims, like, and, like, and they had to, like, take it seriously in scrimmages and, like, try their, tr like, actually try in scrims, right. that would change, like, how they approach the game. Because that otherwise they couldn't just get a free ticket in an invite because they've been there last season, right? So, how do you feel about the process of moving up in RGL and uh, how do you feel about advanced? I think, like, like I like I like the concept of the, of the team... Um, of like the team that wins it automatically being moved up. That's awesome. It makes sense, right? Um, the problem is like invite is like advanced and invite is more of a is more or less a bottleneck because you can't go anywhere higher than invite. Like the the team that won invite last season is just gonna replay invite. So in the end, if you just keep the system the way it is, you're gonna end up with like 30 teams in invite because teams just keep winning. And, and like obviously that's not how it's happening. Like in, in practice, it doesn't work like that. But on paper, you're gonna it's gonna end up with just invite being a huge div because everyone keeps moving up as long as teams keep getting made and dying and Man. stuff like that. How about advanced and main? Um, like advanced, uh, it, it, they they did form or like a poll right for how playoffs is gonna work in advanced right? Uh, something like that, yeah. Is it gonna be? I, I, I don't remember if it's round robin or Swiss, but like the I think I think advanced advanced is an interesting div. Ever since the challenger thing happened, advanced has been very strange because advanced used to be right where that was where like the second best teams were at. Like those were the teams where like they could maybe compete and invite, but they can't really, so they're just an advanced. And advanced was still a very competitive division. Um, but when Challenger happened, Challenger became Challenger replaced Advance as that, and then Advance just became second main because main was so large at this point. Um, and then they removed Challenger, which I don't know why. I still don't know why that happened. Like I think I think you can either have Challenger or just or you just never put it in the first place. Because once you removed it, now you now you've put the Advanced like Challenger and Advance back together, and what you have in Advance is half of advanced is now like actual advanced the other half is just main two and they just get all in like this like half of the div is just getting rolled completely like that was my david redface moment like when, when when david redface was leading a team that's how that team won advanced because we were put on we were put in that div with like 10 10 main teams more or less and it was like an absolute mess and that's how we won like that's how that's how i have a gold medal in advance because it was like the freest season of my life because we just were playing main teams because they, they, they didn't know what they were doing um and like stuff like that so i think like 
that whole that whole thing kind of screwed over advanced a lot. So now we have now we just have um, you know it's not really a, conc- a concise skill where like the the top of advanced is only a little bit better than mm. the bottom of advanced. It's not like the top of advanced is like miles ahead of bottom. Like it's it's more more or less a mess now. Um, How do we fix it? Yeah, and like the only way to fix it is just like demote half the teams back to main. Like it, it's just kind of hard to do, and then main would become bloated, and they had the same problem over and over again. Hmm. So like challenger, I think was kind of a kind of a mistake uh, as far as like RGL goes, but you know, it is what it is, and they could they could have done it much worse. So I'm not really that upset about it. Do you think it'd be worth it for skill to shuffle back down to main to make main more difficult, and then to just make it like a slower progression progress so people are more prepared as they move up in divs? Yeah, like I think I think I think if if you if the if the trade-off for advanced becoming more competitive is main becoming a larger division, then that's fine. Like main as a division, if I think that should be the biggest one, right? Because that's right. like it's like it's like a bell curve, right? Main is like right in the middle, and that's where it well, should be the like the most teams should be at. I think that um, make main more competitive over time as well, right? Like it would filter. Skills yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, it, it, it would it would have the same problem as Advanced did when when Challenger got removed. But once that's like after a few seasons, it would probably get more or less filtered out. Right. And like it would still be the biggest div, but that's fine because main is where most of the right. player base. You want be the at. middle div to be the biggest, yeah. Yeah, it's like yeah, like the bell curve. So, um, I think I think that would be that's 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 what I was suggesting as a solution. Uh, okay. But of course, you know, everyone has their own opinion on on how it should be fixed. And I whatnot, think that's so. definitely a fair one. So, what do you think the future for RGL is? Do you think that gets fixed? How does RGL progress from here? Like, what's their next play? I mean, well, now that Will Maddox out, it's going to be interesting because I I want to see how the, I want to see how the how the division or how the league, I guess, adapts to, to a right, different leadership okay. and stuff like that. Actually, so I can't really say for sure until that happens. Uh, do you want to talk about leadership for a bit? Like, how do you feel about the league under various leaderships? Uh, I can't really say, honestly. Like, I, I, I didn't really have a whole lot of interaction with with, uh, with league admins and whatnot and who was in right. charge. Like, I, 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 couldn't, I couldn't really say the, the different eras of, R, of RGL leadership. Um, I just know Wilmatic wasn't great at it. Like, there are a few decisions he made. Like, okay, got a blast. The team that I was on with Ginseng and, and I, I guess Nerdaloid and all them, where he banned Shay off Sniper. We're pretty sure he banned Shay off... Like, he, his reasoning for banning Shay um, off Sniper was that Shay had, like, two seasons in Invite, but he went, like, one in six both seasons. And he was like, you guys, you cannot, he cannot play Sniper in Advanced. And which we thought was ridiculous, because Wilmatic was also a Sniper in Advanced. So from um, I'm not sure I'm, I'm pretty sure that's not how it worked. But if you if you looked at it from like a third point of view, from a different perspective, like okay, Wilmatic banned Shay because he knew he couldn't beat Shay in an SVS. Like that was why he did it, um, and that was kind of ridiculous. And that ended up killing God of Blast, but God of Blast was probably gonna die anyways. Um, but like that, like that, like I, th- I think it's really difficult for RGL. Like I don't know if they've changed this at this point, but like the fact that mods and admins can directly interfere, like that they can play in the div that they mod or at ad, like or admin for it is kind of ridiculous. Um, and I'm not saying like they shouldn't be able to play the game that they that they mod for, but like they shouldn't have direct control over the over the division that they're playing in, which I think is kind of ridiculous that 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 that's how it works in the first place. Um, so I think that like that's my biggest issue with with uh, with RGL leadership is just like their their implicit biases being shown a lot of the time right okay but you know that's that's just going to come from people who volunteer and are getting paid for it like they're going to do whatever they they're going to do whatever they can to get right. to get something out of it which is fair you know it's just a little frustrating oh no for sure for sure it's good to talk about it so uh, what are some interesting team experiences uh that you've had <laughs> um so i think the first one i had was blue 99's quote-unquote return team um, that was a really funny team. The, the creator of the most base looking for player post I've ever seen in my entire life. 
Um, but like he, I, like I can't really talk that bad about him because he did give me like my break into into like maining Pyre in advanced, right? right. Like I'd mained like I I played Pyre in main um, and I'd subbed for advanced, but I'd never actually been a main Pyro, and I was having a really hard time like for teams like 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 getting tryouts because they never heard of me, right? Like I was on, I was some random main player who subbed twice, like they never heard of me. Poor you. Um, <laughs> exactly. So like the fact that he gave me like he gave me the spot on his team, which was awesome. Like we went four and six, which is fine. It's advanced. It was our first season. But Blue Nine's like theory on on advanced was he came back in his LFP post. Like the first couple of within the first couple of sentences, he wrote, "I just want to get a few easy wins under my belt before I go back to invite," and that was like incredible the way he wrote that. Um, I think he deleted it now, which is a damn shame because that, no! that, that post that post was awesome. Um, and then he went four and six, so it was awesome. But that was definitely my first interesting team was Blue ninety nine. Um, like because I I'd, I'd literally never heard of him until then. Like I know he's apparently an old player and everything, but you know, as one of the newer players, all I knew was like he just was decent and he kind of knew what he was doing. Um, but of course, like, you know, the whole, <laughs> the whole looking for some easy wins on my belt before I go back to invite, I pre- I'm, I'm predicting we are going to win like easily advanced. It was, it was the funniest shit I ever read. Um, like that was a good team. Like I met some, I met some friends on that team and stuff like that. Um, still went four and six. It was awesome. That, and that was, that was the return of flow too. It was awesome. Um, actually we, no, we went four and three. Okay. We went actually above even. And like that was, and I think that was the, that was the season that, actually changed how playoffs is, is made because we went four and three um and we played like the we, we played like the top three teams top four teams in the in the division and we beat one of them so we should have been in playoffs right but there was a second team that was a that was a main move up that also went four and three but two of their wins were forfeit wins and they play they had they had a like inarguably much easier schedule than we did so they went to playoffs because they beat us on like i think like, by like two points two match points um, and everyone was like, everyone kind of realized, like, uh, even though, you know, even though it was flow and no one really cared that much, everyone was kind of like, that's a little stupid that the main move up team, which is, which is arguably a lot worse than flow got into playoffs ahead of flow. I think it's um, a 0.66 actually, unless you meant in a head to head match. No, we, yeah. Cause we never, we never fought them. We like, we had, yeah, so we had arguably the, like, it was, yeah, it was, it was crit sandwich who had 0.66 more because we dropped 1.66 and they only dropped one point. So they had 0.66 more points than we did, and they went to playoffs and we didn't, and we never fought them, and they fought all of like the the easiest teams and got two forfeit wins. Sounds like um, a skill issue on your part. <laughs> I know, absolutely was, absolutely was. Still, I still distinctly remember when we threw a swift water match on the flow because someone tried to repush second. Anyways, not gonna mention that one. We're gonna move on. Um, but like, yeah, so. Like that was, I think that was like the start of forum posts. So like people were like, "Yeah, that's kind of stupid that that Flow got screwed out of playoffs by a MMA move up team." Um, and I think that changed the rules on how um, on uh, on how like points were awarded based on like forfeit wins and stuff. Uh, but then after Flow, I went to directly to Guerrilla Warfare, which was the David Redface team. Um, oh. which was the funniest shit because like David was like at this point David was thirteen, right? And David was leading a team in RGL in advance as a 13-year-old. And he just does things. And, like, he's not stupid, right? He's not, like, a, an idiot. But he just does things that a 13-year-old does. Like, you know, like, you know, like, he, he, uh, it was just, it was just a very strange team. And, like, Townsy was essentially a co-leader but not rostered. He made, he made that team. The coach. Like, Guerrilla Warfare was was actually like a good team. Like it was actually had some good players. Like it was like it was me. Like we had Mountain on Sniper. We had Waxy Demo. We had Sawala Soldier, Jer Medic. Like we had a lot of really good players on that team. Um, it was just that it was led by David Redface. <laughs> so, 
<laughs> like it was, it was, it was a really, it was that was that was a really fun team. Like that's where I met Mel. I think he's, he's sniping for my team. Um, like yeah, we had like Craft Kitty on Spy. Like that whole team was like unironically good. It uh, was just led by David Redface. So can can you explain to me the context of David Medface? David Medface was, I think that was a ringer. That was a ringer script. That was just a scrim where um, it was a, it was definitely you know it was absolutely a pug scrim. I think you were on Pyro and I was sniping for that. You were there. Um, and then like he went medic <laughs> for some reason. He was like, who's our med? Uh, and then he, uh, his mouse, quote unquote, disconnected, and he backed up off a cliff and jumped, and it was the funniest shit I ever seen in my <laughs> entire life. Um, and it's still the video that has like, like of all the videos of all my YouTube channels, it's the one that has the most views, and it's awesome every time I watch it. It's so, it was so stupid. Like it was two a.m. when I was editing this. They were, like the entire team was in the Discord. Like we we're all like collabing on it. It was absolutely ridiculous. Um, but that team, I think, was like one where I had like I had like the most fun on like that team because hmm. it it was like it was advanced underneath Challenger where it was like pretty much just all main teams, and that was like <laughs> we we three would basically everyone. Um, I think we dropped only we I think we dropped like three three rounds I think total. Um, and it was absolutely like one grand finals. It was it was it, like the easiest season of my life. Do you but, uh, did you miss that team? I think I, I think a little bit. Like um, it was definitely like my most fun as a season. Like. Because we didn't really have to try that hard to win because we were in right. the wrong div. Like, we were beating, like, Yi and them. Um, like, the teams that were in Challenger, we were beating, like, half of them. Um, and that was, like, my first... That was my first instance of, like, an, like an RGL admin kind of screwing us out of a division. Because, like, we were spo- like we were beating half of the teams in Challenger. And they put us in advance anyways because none of us had invite experience. So, like, and David Redface was leading it. And, like, no one's really going to... Unfortunately, because he was 13, no one was really going to respect a team led by David Redface. Hmm. So, we never really got put in... We never really went challenger. But. Would you play on another team with David Redface? I probably would, just not one led by him. <laughs> like he wasn't a oh. bad NG. Like he was a good NG. He was just thirteen. Like there's not a whole like it, like there's not a whole lot you can do when it, when a man is thirteen years old playing RGL. So yeah, but That's that was sick. that was funny. That was like my two. I guess those were my two very interesting teams. Um, favorite teammates. And- favorite teammates. Um, definitely Mountain. I was. I'll, I'll say Cutemus because like Cutemus was. He was the one who did like OG train station. Like he was the leader of that team, um, and then he brought it back for season ten, which was my first season in invite. Finally, was was train station where we, like won qual or didn't, I guess we, didn't, we we did win quals t- on a technicality because one of the teams died, um, and then that's how um, the imposters or not that was the imposter season no, but like that like we went zero and seven my first season and like but like that was like the most fun zero and seven you could have. Like we didn't really care that much. We were just happy to be in invite and like. At least competing, um, we t- we took a round off Casper team's Casper's team on steel by aeing them in like a minute thirty. That was the funniest shit I've ever seen. Yo, in any percent life. the fact that that worked. Um, any percent C run. Yeah, it was it was ridiculous that that happened. That was like our only half we won the entire season. <laughs> so, um, but yeah. All right. Uh, are there any like community initiatives or like projects that people are working on that you find are interesting or like that could be helpful? As far as community projects go, I don't really know a whole lot about about any of those going on. Um, yeah, like like I don't really, I'm I don't, I'm not really in tune with a lot of like the general community as a whole. Um, How about a uh, Vibers Various experimental maps thing? If you're in that. Oh yes, I remember. I remember doing that a little bit. Um, I'm definitely down to do that. Like I like I hate Lakeside with a, this is more so because I hate Lakeside with a passion, and I would do anything to replace it with Base. something else. So you know, like I'm, I'm definitely, I'm definitely down for more experimental maps. Like Vigil, like I love, like Vigil's a really fun map, and like that, that's an experimental map where it was because it's not in, like the normal, the normal uh, stuff. Like like all those like new, newer maps coming out, I'm a big fan of because it allows more for more theory crafting, more different holds, unique like ways to play the map. Um, 
you know, I would like a map, like a payload map, other than upward, where you, where you get to actually hold first. So, you know, like stuff like that. Um, right. But yeah, I'm I'm very excited for that. Uh so what's in the what's what's the future for you uh, for Baby L's team? What's in the near future? What are your plans? What's your goal? So we we're pretty sure we can at least get more than one win this season. Probably um, we've been playing like you know Yi and and uh, and them. We're we're going pretty much even with run it back. Um, we were going even with I think we were yeah we were going even with amigos before they died. Um, and then we were we're beating like Yi consistently. Like I don't know what happened to Yi, but they've become a lot worse. And I don't know where I don't know what happened specifically because. It's a lot of the same players, but for some reason they're just a worse team now, and we're like mm. consistently three owing them. So I, it, I don't know what happened there. It's but. the haircut. It became ye. Yes, <laughs> it's, it's true. It's true. Um, but yeah, so hopefully, hopefully we go we go two and two mm. and five. The, the, the pattern says I went I went zero and seven first season, right? One and six the second season. Now it's now I'm gonna go two and five. You know that's that's how it works. Okay. So so hopefully we'll see how it goes. What are your plans for the near future as a player and out of game? As a player, I mean. Just to keep, like, I want I want to, like, you know, place an, an invite, you know? Like, it, it's been my, like, goal to get to invite ever since <laughs> I started playing. Um, and to have gotten there was, like, super, I was super happy to do it, obviously. Um, but, like, you know, I'll just keep move, just keep moving on to, like, I'm, like, one of, like, like, I've always had, like, this idea of, like, you know, being, if not, you know, one of the, one of the, like, best, just, like, just, like, recognized as, yeah, yeah, he's pretty good. Like that's that's pretty much all I want at this point. Um, so you know, I figured the best way to do that is just you know try and place, try and keep doing as best as I can. Um, yeah, more or less, do that. Okay. And also, also, it's really funny to 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 do my my stupid my stupid as hold W into the enemy combo plays in invite because every time they every time they don't they don't work, my team yells at me. But when they do work, it's really funny. So hmm. you know, how do you feel about the jetpack? Do you use it all? The jetpack. All right, all right, all right. Hot take. I know, Bill I know you're a big fan of the jetpack. The detonator is the jetpack would better. Nope, wrong. They're both. Are... They both have their use cases. No, 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 no. The jetpack, while it does allow you to get in a lot faster and a lot farther, um, it also comes with the complete cost of a secondary, which means your entire damage is resorted to just WM1. And that's why you run means... it for specific lives for like yeah, yeah no no for sac purpose. waves for sac waves sure like for sac yeah, waves yeah. sure but you just like, gotta use are... your brain right yeah I've listen I've seen I've seen what you've done I, I, res- I respect ah, it. Listen, ah, I respect good, it good. I respect it it's but a tool. I will say the detonator has a much more general use case and can still right, achieve right. pseudo similar results to the jetpack like the jetpack yeah. yeah lets you bomb straight in also, but the detonator you just have to walk a little bit and then bomb straight in fun you know? fact like sometimes the detonator is even flat out better than the jetpack for bombs like on vigil second for instance when you don't want to telegraph it or go too high because here's the thing that like some of the European players get wrong right they run it full time but then that tells the enemy team they have Oh my god. Some of them do. And that tells the enemy team, right, if you're running it for too long, that you have to be going for something with it, otherwise you're literally just use, losing value. Yeah, you just lose a secondary. And, like, yeah. like the detonator, it also lets you for, like, more mobility. Like, it, it lets you jump in different ways. The jetpack right. is more or less a huge trebuchet. Arc, right? It's a trebuchet. Jump, it's a trebuchet. It's a trebuchet, yeah. And, so, but, like, the detonator allows you to make smaller jumps, less, like, less noise. It's a lot less telegraphed. Right. And it's a lot more, and you have a secondary still. Right. Like you still have a detonator, which is a good weapon. I will say, you do get the passive knockback increase, which can be very funny and fun and actually pretty nice. Absolutely, but but like the thing is, like air blast inherits momentum, right? So right. if you're bombing with a detonator you're, and you air blast someone before you hit the ground, they're gonna inherit that momentum and go flying. So yep. like you can more or less achieve similar results with a detonator. All I'm gonna say, the detonator is 
is a better is a better is a better secondary. No, I'd agree definitely. It's like just like so there are some things that Jetpack is really good for, like especially if there's like a lot of curved architecture. Like you just gotta you just gotta analyze the map. You know what I mean? Analyze the map. That's you gotta fair. you gotta get the arcing down. A lot of people don't, and I feel like it gets a needlessly bad rap. Like I think it's okay in certain cases. As well. No, I think I think the Jetpack is okay in certain cases, but those cases are way too certain for me right. to like because like the editor can more or less accomplish the same thing. Like, all I'm saying it, is... It is slightly worse at it, but you attempt... You, you, oh, no, it's but, pretty like, worse it at some you, of like, them. walking a little. If it costs you walking a little before jumping in... Like, if you... if Because you, you can debt jump from... Like, on product, right? You can jump from your cliff yeah, yeah. up to Pride Rock, and then you can bomb from Pride Rock into their pocket for free. As opposed to the jetpack, which you can do from anywhere else. But, like, it requires yeah. you a little bit more... Or, I'd say the best example would be, like, on Swiftwater, where it's like you literally can't with the detonator... If for some reason you're doing that, in which in which on which point around second the bridge, you can kind of just like curve around land from behind. But uh, I I have done that before That's, to the second yeah, best yeah. advanced team, Joey Lemon's okay. team. But, okay, I'm trying lemon's team. But uh, yeah, I, I, mean, I will like, say, okay, I guess that's fair. But you can also do the same thing with like you don't like if you if you're already allowed to jetpack in, you're also more or less allowed. To no, no, no. Here's the thing. He, not really, because I jumped around. Okay, from upper to the far bridge, like to the other side near the health and ammo packs to kill an engineer. Back to the yeah. window to kill a medic. It was like a four prong. It was like a three or four kill because of the because I could just jump around from the high ground. Yeah, but you could all. I don't know. No, it, it, it takes like, a lot more time with the detonator. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying the detonator is better in like 99.9% right. .9 of cases. Like that saying, one case is where it's better for jumping between places. But if you're allowed to do that anyways, you can also just WM1. Not really. The jetpack allows you to greatly enhance your mobility to get WM1s in the first place. Yeah, but like if you're allowed oh, look, to be rest. jumping around though. <laughs> all I'm saying is the jetpack is the best at capitalizing on that weakness. That's fair. But uh, all I'm saying is you gotta ponder the orb. That's why I specialize in doing Oh my god. I'm always, when I bring up the jetpack, I'm pondering the orb. I'm like, okay, oh my you gotta visualize it. That's all I'm well, saying. You gotta visualize. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Also, uh, I just can't stand the jetpack because normally when I press <laughs> 2, I have a flare gun. But then when I press 2, I just spend 30 seconds issue. waiting for me to pull out a jetpack for no reason. And I can't but, shoot it. <laughs> hey, as long as you start switching before you land, it's fine. Like, it's, oh the switch speed isn't an issue. But, no, no, no. Uh, it's it's like it's like I'm constantly switching between weapons, right? Uh, but then when I press two, I gotta wait thirty so, seconds. So what you're saying is pull out like pull handles on. and then put them away again. So what you're saying is you use the degreaser as a crutch and you're over reliant on its switch speed benefit. No, 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 no. I'm just saying the jetpack has a thirty second like yeah. switch time. It sucks even with the degreaser. It's terrible. All I'm saying is it enhances your mental. You gotta pre-plan it. <laughs> it's just the mental. Okay, I think it decreases. I think it just decreases the mental of everyone involved. If you except for me. Except for me. Except for you, yeah. Okay, it's just a mental. It's just a mental destroyer. Yes, oh <laughs> for both goodness. your team, yourself, and the enemy team. But yes. uh, okay, what? <laughs> Reminder: just ponder the warp. That's all I'm saying. Oh my god. But uh, oh yeah, definitely god. more niche case. But uh, I think there are some good times. Yeah. So um, yeah. what's your plan for the near future outside of game? You got anything interesting going on in your life? I mean, I'm back from college, so I'm on a laptop right now, which is fun. Yo! I've sort, of, I've, sort of, I've sort of Frankensteined a setup into a pseudo-PC, where I've just more or less used the laptop as a PC and plugged in, like, a monitor and a keyboard and a mouse to it. So it's just more... It's just a PC now, but, like, it runs worse. So, you know, and I'll... I'll like, I only really need to run TF2, and TF2 is not that demanding. So does it's, it, it's, it's fine, but... Does it impact your performance in games, in scrims? Uh, it did when I didn't have the monitor. When I was playing on that, like, tiny-ass screen, it actually did impact me, because I felt so, like, <laughs> it felt so hectic all of the time. Dude, but now that I have a monitor, it's fine. You, like, drop down a division or two, right? 
No, 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 no. I would say I stayed the same. It's just pyro. So pyro, like dropping down a division on pyro is like dropping like a, like a, one more death than usual. Right, right. Okay, okay. Like one more med death. <laughs> yeah, one more med death. Whoops. <laughs> Man, I could have gotten that if I was not on a laptop. Oh well. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, it's so it, that's that's one of the benefits to being pyro is that when you're playing bad, the rest of your team can just keep doing fine. <laughs> so, what's your advice to new pyro players? Like, what's the biggest thing you think? What helped you to know the most? Um, it's not your fault every time your med dies. Okay, like See- that. That was specifically my issue because my med would always complain when I, when they got backstabbed, and I like it, like I was going through like the entirety of like I am like convinced that it was always my fault, and right. like that's one of the downsides to not having like a pyro mentor, I guess, to like tell me like no, you're making just turn around sometimes. Um, but like like one of the biggest differences like my med now matches who's like one of my favorite players to play with just because she will turn around and not blame me for dying to the spy. Um, Because, like, yeah, it's your job to deny the spy from getting in in the first place. But if he's already in, the only way you're, like, the best way for your men to not die is to just turn around. (laughs) So, like, don't, like, don't take it to heart when your team, when your team is dying to spy that much. Like, yeah, obviously you're not spy checking enough or something. Like, you're not, something's wrong with the way you're playing that the spy is able to consistently get in all the time. But sometimes they're just better. Or sometimes your team's just not turning around, right? right? Like, it's not all, like, it's not always your fault. So just don't blame yourself too hard. How do you feel about changing for, chasing for spy? So, I hate the spy sickle with an absolute passion. Because it prevents me from doing anything once I catch him. Like, if you catch the spy on Spicycle, it doesn't matter because you can't get set on fire for the next 10 seconds. So unless you get super lucky with like your tracking like, and guessing where the spy is going to go and you can keep setting him on fire, then you can chase him and then it's fine. But if you if you hit him once and you lose him, you're not going to find him again because right. it's, it's the Spicycle and it's, it's practically impossible to do that. Do you that. think it's usually better for something like Scout to be the one chasing anyways? Absolutely. Like If, if, I, if I set the spy on fire and he's not on Spicycle and, he and he's running away, like if I'm close, like if he's not running too far from my med, I'll do it. But if he's like, if he's like, I'll say on product, we're behind rock and I caught him and he's going back to cliff, I'm going to send a scout after him. I can't like afford to leave my med there because product and like cough maps, especially right. your med is so susceptible to bombs when you leave. The spy gets called, Hey, spies, the, the pirate's chasing me. And this holder goes, all right, say less. And then he's in your med dead. Your med's dead. Asheville. So. <laughs> Asheville. <laughs> yeah, Asheville. Actually, actually Asheville. To Pyre away bomb. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, okay. So yeah. So like, like in that scenario, like, it's just like. If he's if you can if you know the soldier's dead or not in a position to bomb yet, then you can say okay. Like if you know for a fact the soldier's like on the other side of the map, then right. you're like okay, I can chase the spy and for like these three seconds so, go chase the spy and come back. But so it's important to just like keep in mind like what enemies are up, like what they might be doing, and then to try and like understand what opportunities they might see based off of what you do. Yeah, like like the thing like the thing on the top of your screen that tells you who's alive and who's dead on the enemy team is like the most important piece of information you can have because you can know if the spy is dead and you don't have to spy check or you know the soldier's dead and you can go afford to go chase the spy like you you can you can know things like you can predict when if you see like the spy has just come up you can predict when he's gonna be crossing and try and catch him like on Asheville, like if the spy if i see the spy come up i'll count to like 10 seconds and the spy is crossing lower while i check point so that my teammates will go like will go lower and, and check lower like, my, if I have an engineer or a soldier lower, they'll start spamming around while I'm watching point. Because Asheville, it's, like, impossible for the spy to get through other a uh, way other than those two angles. Right. Uh, so, like, like that kind of stuff, like, that kind of, like, in- use of information is, like, the biggest thing you can do. So, what do you fear, what do you would say, like, in general, it's just, like, you don't want to blame yourself in the moment. It's important to, like, keep self-confidence so you can keep track of these mental things, like, while you're playing. 
I mean, like, I would just say, just like, don't blame yourself to keep your mental up, right? Like, you, right, you right. I had like, I had like, when I when I was cut from uh, from OG Train Station, like, I had a moment where I was like, I mean, I'm, I'm really bad at pyro. My meds dying to spy a lot, um, and it was like, I think when I played a pug with like Rogue or someone, they were like, oh, I, I was like, they died to spy. I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry. And she was like, ah, it's my fault. Don't worry, it's a spy. And I was like, wait, wait, it, it right. was her fault. And like, that was like an awakening moment where I was like, oh. I'm not bad. My team is right. Like <laughs> normally, it's like, like normally it's like both parties are at fault a bit, right? Like it's not yeah. entirely on you or entirely. No, on them. yeah. Like it is. It is my fault. The spy was able to get mm. in in the first place, and I wasn't watching for it. So, but you know, they also just have to turn around for what it. Would you so. say like it would help a lot though if that sort of stuff happened? So to just like talk to your team afterwards about it and just like get an idea of what's up, how they feel about it, and just sort of work together rather than letting it get you in specific down or feeling isolated from them. Oh, absolutely. Like, like it's 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 hard if your team's just blaming you for it. Like, if your team's like Pyro, what the fuck are you doing? It's hard to be like, that's not my fault because they're not. They've already made right. up their mind that it is. But like, you know, stuff like just just talking to your team in general is a good idea, right? Like that, that's how that's how teams are going to get better. Like that's how you get the team work together, team cohesion and stuff like that. Right. Um. So yeah, I would just say like it's it's a mixture of both, really. No, that definitely makes sense. Yeah, and is that definitely something that like sort of you experienced over time gradually that was nice like playing on a lot of the same teams or like yeah take for instance force comp format yeah so like definitely like when i started playing the matches that was when i was like okay like this is like i'm actually like confident in my pyro before like before like i was constantly terrified um of like my kd and like my damage taken and like my deaths and like my med deaths and like i was constantly obsessing over the logs and everything and like that was just really not a good way to play pyro because when you're conscious when you're constantly concerned about that you're not paying attention to the game and you're like you're, you're playing for logs right right oh um, that's and that's not playing to win that's playing for logs so um you like you just kind of have to ignore all that and just say like all right i have one job and it's my, my men must live. I must predict when the soldier's gonna bomb, and I must predict when the spy is gonna be in. And if I do that, I'll be fine, right? right. Like, and if I if, and if I fuck it up, it happens. It's a video game. Like, things are gonna go wrong. Your med is going to die. You cannot do anything about that. So, you know, like, it's just like stuff like that, really. Right. Do you find yourself like talking to older pirate players, like agreeing or disagreeing with them? Anything? Else? Like, what's your opinion on the older pirates as a newer one? Um, I really only ever like the older pirates that I'll, that I'll talk to are really like the ones that I'm playing against, like American, right? Um, and Pyrus. What and, are your like, interactions with them like? Like really, I would say like, like Pyro is not that different as far as like play, like you can do with play style wise. Like yeah, you can use a different flamethrower, use a different secondary, but it's really the same thing, right? Like it's spy check all the time, it's deny bombs. So, like, like of course, I'll, like it's just like, I don't know. Like my discussions are more or less based around, you know, what. Like what? What the fuck was your spy doing that he was able to get in? Like while I was spy checking, like what was this? What was he doing that I, that I couldn't like adapt to, um, and stuff like that? Like it's less so more like discussing the finer points of of pyro play style because it's just like yeah, were you were you uh, holding mouse one enough? Okay, cool. You know, so pyro lore. What's your sensitivity? <laughs> How much are you twirling? Yeah, my son. Yeah, my my twirling. Let me tell you, S tier. Let me tell you. Uh huh. Uh huh. The techniques. You know, you got the listen, techniques. Listen, the new tech. You just hold. You just tap in plus right and then walk around. Right. It's crazy. Um, but yeah. Do you ever find yourself just trying to view something like the eye from the eyes of a spy? Like, okay, I'm doing this. The spy might do this, or like this is where the spy might cross from. And is it sort of the thing where playing other classes sort of helps you understand? 
Yeah, I mean, like, like in the beginning of my pyro career, like, I was, like, they were trying, it was, like, this super scuffed, like, I am scrim, and they were, like, alright, uh, we need, we're trying out a spy and a pyro, but we don't know which of you is gonna be which, so, uh, Rez, you play spy this round, and uh, you play pyro next round, I'm like, okay, so I played spy against, like, a pyro who sort of knew what he was doing, and I was like, holy shit, wait, when he's, like, spy checking, he's not trying to catch me, he's just trying to, like, deny the spy from wanting to go there. Um, and that right. was also a point where I was like, wait, I'm, wait a fucking second, I've been thinking about this all wrong. Um, and so, like, that was, like, like that scenario. Like, and, like, from since then, I've, like, actually tried to, like, look at it from a spy's POV. Like, I'm like, alright, if I'm spy right now, he's not going to be in, which means he's probably going to be on flank. And then I call, like, spies going to be on flank in a couple seconds, and stuff like that. Um, and, like, I'll check, and, I, like, I know... You know, like, I'm product in Asheville. Like, I know the obvious spots. Like, I'm probably, like, on Asheville, it's, like, behind the barrels, like, next to the box, like, on back of ramp and stuff like that. Um, and, like, lower on under bats and stuff. And, like, product, it's, like, you know, Japan and, like, underneath and, like, dropping off from China and, like, just pistoling from cliff and stuff like that. Um, so usually, like, if you're... Because Pirate doesn't have a whole lot to do, right? There's not a whole lot of brain going into spinning around shooting fire all the time. So you can usually, like, sometimes, like, during that, I'll, like, I'll, like think about, like, oh, I, I, bet, this, I bet the spy is going to go gonna go this direction or something like that right like it's stuff it's stuff like that where you can just um more or less kind of spend the time trying to predict where they're gonna go and like calling out your team where you think the spy is gonna be um and like that kind of stuff like from a spy's pov like really helps me as far as like knowing what they'll do like they'll cross like they like to cross japan like they could like to cross through dog bread and stuff like that so yeah right. definitely thinking about stuff from a spy's pov helps out a lot Okay, yeah, and that's sort of something that, like, going back to an earlier topic, that like playing pugs can help with. Yeah, look, absolutely. Like, I'll I'll main class in pugs just because I'm not good at any. I'm like a pyro one trick at this point. Like, I'm not good at, good enough at any other class to play pyro or to play any other class at an invite level other than pyro. Um, so I'll be main classing like all the time. Um, and like honestly, pugs are a pretty good way because like people play like pugs are really stupid. Like people like people do like some unhinged spy stuff. Like I got I got boys like just like standing on point dead ringer like with just trying to pistol my med. I'm like okay, what am I even doing against that? Um, but like it's a really good like just like way to to practice and like learn how to play against different spy right. play, play styles. I guess. Okay. Uh, are there any other sorts of things you'd want to talk about or that you're particularly interested in, or do you think that's about it for this one? <sighs> I honestly don't really have anything else that comes to mind. Um, I think that's a pretty good, pretty pretty solid discussion. I will say, I feel like I feel like everyone's gonna kill me if I don't mention the reserve shooter like once, because <laughs> it's kind of like <laughs> the rest thing. Do it, do it, do it. The rest thing. Okay, yeah. So, so for anyone who doesn't know, my name my name Rez does come from the reserve shooter because it used to be some like edgy shit that I've forgotten at this point. Um, uh, but like I knew I knew a friend uh, whose name was Tribes who got his name from the Tribalman show. I'm like, huh. What's my favorite gun? And I remember the reserve shooter exists. I thought it was kind of cool. I'm like, okay, I guess my name will be Rez, and that's that's how that's how it is. So my name comes from the reserve shooter, and like the reserve shooter is not like a good a good choice. It's secondary. Like the shotgun is objectively better, but like there are very it's like something with jetpack, right? Like there are very specific scenarios where I will easily trade the two bullets just to have a twenty like a twenty percent faster like switch speed. Like, that switch speed is unironically sometimes, like, like the difference between life and death, because I can switch to it quick enough to just, like, <laughs> obliterate somebody. Um, and the mini crits are also really funny when you do it to a soldier. So, you know, um, and it's not, like, a bad weapon, because it's still just the shotgun, minus two shots. Like, it's it's still good. Right. Um, it's just, no, like, objectively worse than the shotgun. But, yeah, so that, that was kind of what I made, I guess, more or less my brand on, because, like, it, it, came, it just comes back to, like, the Scorch Out thing, right? Where I felt like the need to be at least somewhat different right. as some sort of thing to be known for. Um, uh, it turned out to be the Reserve Shooter, because I, so I just didn't want to run the shotgun. You didn't so. ever think about the jetpack? 
<laughs> the Jeff no, I need I need a secondary so bad, bro. Pyro uh, uh Pyro's secondary. What if is I told you what if I told you your mind was the secondary with the thermal thruster? <laughs> my mind was secondary? I think my mind's like tertiary at this point, bro. Uh, that's fair. That's fair. Alright, so uh should I uh rename myself to Thermal then? <laughs> thermal? Yeah. Oh my god. That does sound weird. like a pirate player name. No, 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 no. The best pirate name is Thruster. You're just gonna name yourself Thruster at this point. <laughs> no! You got a full send up listening. <laughs> no! no. Alright, I think uh, that's good for this one. Alright. Well, yeah, it was, it was good talking to you. I appreciate it. It was, it was a good interview.